We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Hey, it's Torre. I'm excited to announce Torre Show will be part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference kicking off May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to help them rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference sharing advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on Radio.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts starting May 10th. Okay, ready? Take what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in we are. I want to know something she's on. I think about Amy won't need it. I hold in it, things are rude real now. I have you seen you wanting you. Hey. It's a ratio. Okay, though. It's a ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> you talk a lot about eating with your eyes. You mm-hmm. want it to have that, like, wow, that visual wow factor. Absolutely. But we also want the taste to be there and it I noticed that a lot especially desserts they'll have that wow factor and then it'll be too sweet so even though we put a lot of sauces and toppings each one is carefully balanced so it's not too much sweetness like it's important that our product is an enjoyable experience for everyone and that starts as soon as you walk into our front door Zan and Courtney are sisters who run the Whipped Urban Dessert Lab, a small business selling oat-based ice cream with amazing toppings. They have a store in New York City, and soon they'll also be in West Hollywood. They're part of our part of the Dell Small Business Podfront to look at great small businesses and how they deal with small business challenges and how they use technology to help grow their business. All right, let's talk about ice cream. It's Zan and Courtney of the Whipped Urban Dessert Lab on Torre Show. You guys are sisters. Mm-hmm. Who was first to say, maybe we should take ice cream seriously and revolutionize it? Courtney. You think? 
Yeah, that's sex. I don't. I, I think because we bounce off each other so much in ideas, I'm just like, oh, okay. I think yeah. you introduced it it's, first, um, and then we both thought about okay, we need to put some research into this because ice cream is such a difficult food product. Like when you think yeah. about entering the food business, ice, like and ice cream, if you want ice cream to be your first product, because it's, it's obviously extremely. temperature sensitive, um, you got to think about transportation. You have to think about um, the highs and lows in terms of your biggest um, selling months, which obviously summer. would be this summer. summer. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we are in uh, a state that gets very the cold during the winter. Um <laughs> So there's, there was a lot of considerations that went into it. But as Courtney mentioned, like when you're thinking about food science, a large part of our brand is being grounded in better food for people and the planet. Sure. And dairy has been, um, creates a lot of issues for people. Yeah. Right? So um, I think Courtney introduced it and then we looked into it further. It's like, this is something we could do. Was it was it let's form a business together or was it we love food and ice cream and we think we can revolutionize this world? Like did it come from a love of of ice cream or we want to start a business how can we work together? I think it was a little bit of both. Like I've noticed especially like starting a business there's not like one thing and I actually don't think we've had that one aha moment where like, this is it. It's kind of go with the flow type thing. But I know that we were like, okay, this is what's on the market. We know we can do this better and we can make it better. So we were like, let's start from there. Um, we also know that, especially in the African-American community, there was like a high lactose and into- lactose intolerance rate. So we were like, okay, so high lactose intolerant rate. Um, we have a science background. We know we can make a better ice cream than what's on the market. And we went from there. Wait, now let's just introduce you guys quickly so folks know who is talking. Uh, Zan. Hello. (laughs) I'm Zan. (laughs) Thank you for having us. (laughs) And I'm her sister, Courtney. Thank you for having me as well. And Zan's the older sister. Yes, I am. The firstborn. Mm -hmm. The firstborn's got to stick together. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But we love our little sisters. Well, I paved the way. Yes, and I will take credit for that <laughs> as a way paver. The, the the what's different about your ice cream? Oat based ice cream. What does that mean? Yes. Yeah, so right now, there's a lot of like alternative ice creams to dairy, and a lot of them use bases such as coconut, um, almond, which they're all like nut based. And if you have like a nut allergy, can't eat it. Can't eat it. So we use oats. Um, Oats has a more neutral profile. It also has the mouthfeel of dairy. So that is why we use oats. How many employees? Right now we have around 10. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But only open on the weekends. Right now, Fridays through Sundays. Um, For the summer, we plan on um, opening for six days a week. And part of that is just we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Pandemic. (laughs) So (laughs) all of the other issues that people have probably seen on the news that businesses are dealing with, staffing, supply shortages, this is like we're we're feeling that too. Why do a brick-and-mortar store and not just do online sales? 
That is because online, I mean, we do use social media, which that has been like a heavy hitter. Um, but again, the ice cream market is a very hard market to break into. So we thought that the retail location would be best to bring people in and they're actually coming in, they're filming. So they're marketing for you. So having that retail store actually, we believe helped us build a brand at a faster rate. So people could know who, who is, who is UDL, who is urban dessert lab. So it's just kind of our strategy to get people to know our brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it establishes the brand more effectively than just being online. Absolutely. absolutely. But we can go online and purchase the ice cream and have it shipped to us? Yes, you can go to goldbelly.com and type in our name, Urban Dessert Lab, and then you'll see the product offerings that we have there. Can you say like the percentage of sales you're doing online versus in the store? I would say definitely the majority right now is the retail in person. Okay. Um, I anticipate that the online channels will grow as because we're still a very new brand. Um, I think the other piece of that is we are all plant-based. And even though the plant-based movement is growing, um, some individuals haven't had the best experience with plant-based food in the past. So when they hear that we're plant-based, they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to try that. Um, and that's another reason why the in-store experience is so important because when people come and try it, sometimes they'll come two or three times and, and they'll say, I had no, no I idea had no this was vegan. I had yeah. no idea this was plant-based. So all the toppings are vegan. Absolutely. Yes, everything, everything 100%. So there's a lot of established brands that are already in this space. Uh, we could name, you know, these household <laughs> names that you yes. have to compete with. So when when, I, when somebody says, let's go get some ice cream, there's three or four names they might think of. You got to get them like, don't go there. Come here. <laughs> so how do you deal with that, like having these giants that are already in the space? I think our customers actually do some great marketing for us. That mm-hmm. word of mouth mm-hmm. um, and like social media and technology has been great for us because the uh, the rate that information is distributed now and like and so quickly. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, like the aesthetics of the piece, along with commentary from customers who have said, "You need to try this." Um, I think what also helps is being in New York City, which is such a great foodie yeah. city, and you have a lot of international travelers. So they give feedback as well. So like, look, you need to come to Europe. You need to come to Australia. You need to come to Japan. You need to come to Las Vegas. Um, and that's really telling for us because they're saying, look, there's, there's, and there's ice cream in all of those locations, right? They're saying this needs to be here because there isn't a, uh, a great competitor right now. You can get other ice cream. It's just we've created a better product. Hey, I'm excited to announce that Torrey Show is part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference that kicked off on May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to help them rise to the challenge. 
That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters and me for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or all back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts after May 10th. And if you missed it, be sure to download our custom episode that aired May 12th. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about how technology has helped the business grow and that might be things that you're using and doing at point of sale, how you're making the ice cream, how you're transporting the ice cream. But what advantages do you have now that you wouldn't have had five, ten years ago if you try, if you tried this? I would definitely say social, social media, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you can have someone all the way across the world and because they're able to post on their page, um, people like to see about their day, their businesses, just influencers in general. And we're all the way in New York. We can know about someone in Tokyo and you can build a brand and build a following just from 
social media pages now. And that is what we are using to help build our brand. And it it works. Like, it absolutely works. I mean, that's how I found you. I was scrolling mm-hmm. TikTok. There was a great story on TikTok about the store and the brand and you guys. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cute. These sisters are killing it. And, like, let's talk to them. Um, so, and, and it wasn't even your feed. It was somebody else's feed right, about absolutely. you. So it was like, oh, wow. Like, so, I mean, you know, so it does really work. I mean, TikTok, I think more than, uh, right, other, right. I mean, I think TikTok is now number one, right, for a, a business like yours, more than Instagram, more I, than Facebook. I think it would be a combination of both because people repost reels. Sure on yes. each one and yeah. then you get engagement. So we, and usually people, there's a lot of people who are on Instagram who are also on TikTok. So I think it's just a combination of all of it. You have a person who's helping you or doing the social for you? We yes. started doing it. We st- oh, go ahead. <laughs> when we first started, we were doing it ourselves. Right. And that is a huge undertaking yeah. like just responding to people for like creating content to even post so now we have somebody who does it for us who just does it for you i yes. mean like beauty shots of the store yes. and these sorts of things like that's really important right yes and then customers want to do it like they yeah. come in with their phone ready either they're using their phone and they're showing it to one of our team members saying what is this i i don't know the name but can you make this for uh, me i want that or they're coming and filming because they want to post it on their own um, personal feeds. So when you design the look of the store, are you thinking about that like Instagrammable wall or space that like, look, people want to take a picture on this? Absolutely. We're thinking everything down to the stickers, down to the cup, down to coloring, like everything to market us. So when people see it, they're just like, that's UDL. Like I know who that is. It's like branding is so important. And that is why like it works so well for us. And I think especially during the pandemic and there was like this mass exodus out of New York. So, you know, we had to rely online to keep pushing the brand during that time. What about point of sale? What are you doing there that, that has helped you grow? I think it's just having that information, uh, just like at our fingertips, like being organized and like the, like social media is like sounds more exciting, but the like the, the less um, exciting side is like accounting software and knowing your numbers because you cannot grow a business if you don't know your numbers. Um, so with point of sale, seeing like what products um, are, are selling, uh, like what are our peak hours? Um, and that informs us in terms of making decisions about when should we open? Should we open later? Like, should we open earlier? Um, and we're actually opening up a second location in Los Angeles. Wow. And like having that software has been huge because we're able to make sound decisions on where we want to be. Where are you going to be in LA? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> West Hollywood. Oh, West Hollywood. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, so, so what's your number one uh, ice cream flavor? Strawberry shortcake. Okay. That is our number one seller. I think it's because people think it reminds them of the strawberry crunch bars. Sure. That you get. So and that's your number one topping? Strawberry crumble. <laughs> that's okay. like, yeah, that's that one. And I would say the second one that people mostly order is the chocolate peanut butter pretzel. So okay. those two are like chocolate our heavy hitters. peanut butter pretzel. Yes. That sounds so-, so then you have this data. 
and 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 you're using that of like, okay, we need to make sure we order more chocolate peanut butter pretzels so we can you know, make meet that demand, right? Like, and we need to like do you let's advertise it more, push it more because people like it. So make sure that people know that it's here. It, like, how does that help define what you do? Absolutely, and I think for our business, it's even more important because. We make everything. So uh, they're like the strawberry crumble Courtney was referring to. We can't just place an order from a supplier saying strawberry crumble. We have to order like individual ingredients and create it. So we need to know where to purchase all the individual. So there's people in the back who are making the strawberry crumble. So So we have, so order a ton of strawberries and then chop them up. And I mean- the whole nine yards. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that makes us special. It's there's care put into what we do. And I think people can connect with that. Are you making the stuff on site? We have a kitchen in the Lower East Side. Oh, but no, so it's a different location. Same location. Same, Same location. location. Mm-hmm. So I could go in the back and there's couple of people who are like chopping up the strawberries and putting the peanut butter with the pretzels and they're churning out the toppings. (laughs) So how many pretzels are you ordering a week? How many strawberries are you ordering a week to keep up with the demand? And how much peanut butter? The, The pretzels and peanut butter, it's quite a lot. I would say like at least over 50 pounds. And it's steadily increasing as more people become familiar with our brand um, and we're heading into the summer months. Yeah. So let's dive into the point of sale technology and decisions a little bit more because you guys say on the site, there's always a line. So <laughs> be prepared. You're going to have to wait to get in the store. And, you know, as a longtime New Yorker, we see there is a value in a store or a nightclub having a line <laughs> which tells people even if they're not going in well they must have it going on because right. there's a whole line yes but it does repel some people who are like i would love to try them but there's a line and there's not a line at this other place right. yes. so are you thinking about can we get customers through the store a little faster so we manage the line because like a certain amount of line is good right. a certain amount of line is Bad. Yes. So, like, how do you how do you juggle that? Uh, we've actually uh, we we play with this um, in the past. Like, have like handheld checkout systems, mm-hmm. and have our um, team members like assist individuals with ordering. So, like, we uh, which they have at the Apple Store. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, we actually have a self checkout system at the store um, so that our team members can focus on creating uh, whatever order uh, the customer wants. But when we're trying to like move people through, so like you're not seeing like that hour long wait, uh, we do have like the self-checkout. So um, team members can go ahead and ask customers like, oh, let me get your you know order started and like assist with the checkout process. And it, and it saves time, which makes people happy. Yeah. So how do you know how long people are spending in the store, like per customer? Um, I would say about five to 10 minutes, depending on how many they order. Because what we have noticed is there might be, say, 10 people in the line, but those 10 people in line, each of them are ordering for five people. 
So sometimes it will look like the line is short and people are like, oh, that's not that bad. But the weight could be longer because they're ordering for not their single self. they're carrying out five for the rest of the crew. (laughs) And I think aside from like just ordering and once they receive, then they want to take photos Photos. inside the store. Mm -hmm. So that extends the length of time. And you encourage that or you encourage them to take photos outside so that you can keep the line moving? We... We incur- We want the customer to feel comfortable, and because we know people wait and come from different states, they come hours and hours away, and they're waiting to get in, we let them take the photos they want because we want them to come back. They're like, we came here to do that. We want to take a picture with that But sign. we don't sit in the store, right? You don't we, – we're not doing that, right? We do have some seating in the store. It's just not a lot, you know, New York. Sure. Tiny yeah. spaces. Yeah. Um, but most people do – to go, but we do have seating. During the mm-hmm. pandemic, we didn't have we had, seating at times. Right. Uh, it was only yes. it was only outdoor Out. seating. Yeah. But now, yes, you and your customers are generally putting three, four, five things on top of the ice cream. Is that is that right? So normally we have like our signature creations because we see what happens. People come in. They actually don't look at the menu. It's well, like what Zan said before. They'll literally show a picture and be like, I just want this. So um, normally we limit to two toppings, and that is because of the line and layer technique. And we do know that there is a lot of um, businesses or trends that – I would I would say like it's just Instagrammable. Like a lot of food mm-hmm. is just Instagrammable. So you'll yeah. see all this piling of like cookie donut cake and yeah. then people want to take pictures. But let's be honest, they're not going to eat all that and they're probably not going to come back. So, but that's not what we want. We want it to be Instagrammable, but we want you to come back. So we want to create something that doesn't have, you know, too much, too much, um, I would say, too much flavor, but we want to just balance. We want that balance. What is the line and layer technique? So that is the cup or the cone. And then we will line the cone with the sauce. For example, I'll do chocolate peanut butter pretzel. So we put the pretzels on the bottom. If it's a cup, we put the chocolate sauce and then we'll put the peanut butter sauce as well. And we put it on top of the on top of the pretzels and around the cup. And the reason why we do that first, instead of lining the sauce on into the cup first, is because think about it when you eat your ice cream, right? You know how people will scrape the bottom when they get it. So you want it infused into the pretzel. So that is why the pretzels go first. And then we put the sauce and then we'll put the ice cream and then we'll coat it again with the pretzels, and then we put more peanut butter and chocolate. Sauce. I mean, I know that you're a PhD, <laughs> but that sounds like you know, if you had like a seven year old and she had a business, and she's like, "This is how it should be done," <laughs> and like, yeah, people are getting like the whole mm-hmm. taste experience yes. into the last bites, exactly, not yes. just in the first bites, right? Because I we've been to like many soft serve places, and you know, you eat the outside, and then the rest of the cone is just the vanilla or chocolate. You're like, oh, it's a bit of a letdown. (laughs) And you you talk a lot about eating with your eyes. You Mm -hmm. want it to have that like, wow, that visual wow factor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we also want the taste to be there. And it, I noticed that a lot of, especially desserts, um, They'll have that wow factor, wow factor, and then it'll be too sweet. 
So even though we put a lot of sausings and toppings, each one is carefully balanced so it's not too much sweetness. Like it, it's important that our product is an enjoyable experience for everyone. And that starts um, as soon as you walk into our front door. Mm-hmm. So it could be the, if we have like freshly made waffle cones, it's the, it's the smell in the store. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, the look as you see our team members putting together the creation. And as Courtney mentioned, it's like, obviously it, it has to be the taste. Um, cause, and that's what keeps people coming back to support our brand. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you think about growth? Is it more stores? Is it putting the ice cream into Whole Foods and what have you? Is it, you know, being on the menu at certain restaurants or what ha- chains or whatever? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? I think all of that is on the table. We've had discussions, like definitely more retail locations, um, expanding our product to uh, B2B, like business to business. Um, And I think we are able to do that because we've created this product. So it's not an ice cream mix that we've purchased from um, some like, yes, exactly. Um, We've been able to put together a proprietary blend and because we're able to do that, there is like the the options are endless in terms of how this item could be used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about how technology can help your business model. Like we're saying, like continue to grow. Like where does that help you to continue to scale? I think I I know we keep going back to like kind of like social media, but. I think that's important because it's like you said, you saw us on TikTok. So we're exploring these different channels um, that we want to expand in, in terms of our business plans. And 
everyone knows it's all about connections. So, you know, we're interested in expanding our retail shop, but we're also interested in going into supermarkets. And because people saw you on social media, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to reach out. We get DMs, we get emails. Hey, I saw you on this. Are you interested in, you know, being in our store? So like all this is very important in order for us to like get to the next level, because the more eyes that see you, it's like we're making people see, see us. I love that you guys are sisters. I think about if I tried to do a business with my sister who I love immensely, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, she's a great leader, my sister. So if the vibe was, I'm just going to follow you, then it could probably work. If we were going to be equals, it might not work. <laughs> but I wonder how much of being sisters and, and, and you know, the relationship you build on from forever, how much of it is a strength and how much of it is like, okay, this part is hard because I have a hard time dealing with her when she, I told her, stop doing that. <laughs> She been doing that since she was six, and I'm gonna strangle her. Uh, it's absolutely a strength, mm-hmm. and uh, I think these are conversations any entrepreneur needs to have with their partner. You need to be absolutely. able to be honest with your partner on what's not working in the business relationship. It could be a communication style. It could be. Um, like how you brainstorm. It could be uh, like a, a question of finances. And I think because we have that bond, it's like we're able to have those conversations. And without those conversations, your business... Um, it will fail. Yes. It, it's going to fail. You have to have that open communication right. for sure. And I think the other part of it is just having that built-in support system. Mm-hmm. I mean, these last couple of years have been... Obviously, tremendously difficult for many people because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, we're like, we're black female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as black females, as a minority group, we generally lack the access to capital that other groups have. Um, it's also been. Um, difficult because while everybody was going through the pandemic, then we had the George Floyd tragedy mm-hmm. and trying to maneuver, you know, b- being black in America, I mean, in America, sustaining a business, um, being able to speak about how that affects us as a brand, because some people don't want you to speak on it. And it's like, that's like, we're, we're, we're black. That's our identity. How can we not talk about it? Um, as part of our brand? How can we not post on social media about it? Um, how can we not celebrate Black History Month? And some people complain, and we yeah. just have to be okay with that. Um, we've actually had people call our store complaining about, you know, like comments about like um, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's just not something we can ignore. We can't have the business without us. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. Nowadays, a lot of consumers want to know that the places where they shop align with their political values and they don't necessarily want you to be silent because silence is a sort of complicity with status quo. And they're like, you know, are you, are you friendly? Like, you know, as a black person or as a gay person or whatever, like when I walk into the business, like, am I accepted? Am I wanted here? Or am I just tolerated here? Cause right. I have some money. And you know, if you feel accepted and that your values align Um, you know, then I feel better about the brand. So in, 
if, if is it possible to move through the the line, the store, and out without knowing that this is a black woman owned business, or is that something that like we're gonna you're gonna find this out, and this is part of why you should love us? I think it depends on if you're just walking by versus seeing on social media or if you read an article. Um, like if I go into Hagenas, I don't know who owns the store. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Like the franchise or the whole thing. Right. Like, yes. like if I just if I just went in not not having seen you on TikTok or whatever, would I know or or not? It's possible. Like, for example, like we have a huge celebration for Juneteenth, um, which I generally don't see many businesses do. Um, So if you go on a random day in, I don't know, April. um, Yeah, you might. Maybe not. You might not know. It's not like we have our photo on the wall. You might not know. Um, But it's, it's definitely in our communication channel. So as Courtney was mentioning, that is why you see it all over social media. Using technology to understand the audience that's coming in and to see, okay, we're this percentage female, we're this percentage tourist, we're this percentage, you know, under 12, over 50, whatever. Like, do you know your audience numbers like that? Yes. Yes. So what, what is it? Is it predominantly female, your audience? Yes, it's predominantly female. Um, 20, 20 to uh, sorry, 60, 40 female. Um, yeah, I would say around that. And it's like the age range is like 20 to 40s. Okay. Um, but again, they have kids usually. So it's mm-hmm. it kind of wraps, they kind of like get wrapped into it as well. Um, but for sure, all those numbers help. We, the algorithm, everything. <laughs> yeah, you got to know like who are the sort of people who are most likely to want to try this. Yes, right. My kids are all about like the oat milk. Mm-hmm. We might mm-hmm. see some almond milk up in the fridge. Like right. we've definitely expanded into lots of different things. So folks who are like, I mean, when 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 Oatly is really pushing their product, that helps that helps expand. The horizons for you as well, right? I, I mean, they're would... just nor- they're just normalizing oat milk, and you're part of. Are you not part of that sort of like movement? You want to say no. She wants to say no. She's so polite. She's not saying no, but she's pausing so long. You want to say no? Kind of. It's like only I do think like they were. The probably the I mean, like their marketing, the first company to kind of like push it where like in the U.S. it started to become a huge trend. So, of course, when you have a huge trend, we're going to have the effects of that as well. But to a certain extent, we have a better product. So. (laughs) Because we have have a better product and when push comes to shove, if you do a comparison, we win hands down. In fact, like the very first soft serve machine that they actually started to um, test out was around the corner from us. Interesting. And 
of course, like people went around the corner, they went to us to be like, oh, but yours is better. But it's, you know, we're going to have competition. Um, right. I'm pretty sure they know of us. Um, they know of us. <laughs> they definitely know of us. Um, so you make your own oat milk because you're purchasing the oats. We we make everything in ter- because it's a proprietary blend. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, you know, that's what, that's what, that's our, that's our trade secret. So, there, so, <laughs> yeah. so there's a, so there's a, there's a, there's a secret recipe that you two know that you came up with because you're yes. the PhD, but that, that nobody else knows. Exactly. Is it locked in a vault? <laughs> yes. And our head is in the our, vault. Our heads. In our head. <laughs> wow. So do you envision doing this for a long time or do you envision selling it to somebody larger and moving on to another entrepreneurial venture? I wouldn't count out um, an eventual sale of the business. I don't think that would happen anytime soon. And I think part of the reason is that it's so special just to be able to build, like build and continue to build. And part of our business is allowing others to um, like join in on our journey. So like, as I was talking about before, being like black female entrepreneurs, we've, uh, between the two of us have talked about like the lack of diversity and upper management in the hospitality industry. Like the hospitality industry as a whole, like may seem diverse, but when you're talking about management and executive positions, it's not. So it's like, as we hire, we make sure that diversity piece is there. And as we grow, we want to continue that. Um, so I think right now it's just Building, building and creating and bringing others um, on the journey with us to build and create. Are you profitable? Yes. We are. Yes. I'm happy to say. Yes. (laughs) Are you, did you guys need a lot of loans to get here? How did you get the capital that helped (laughs) you get to get here? Um. It's been a it, we're self funded. Um, we have received some grants, um, especially like during the pandemic. Um, we were able to see some grants, which we were very grateful for. And then just revenue from sales. You're self funded. What did you do? What do you do besides? Is this the only thing that you do, or you have other jobs? So I am an attorney. Okay. Um, what kind of attorney? Uh, I did mix a civil and criminal. Okay. But criminal, that's good, right? That, <laughs> right, right? That, that. It, I mean, it's such a useful skill to have. Like if, if anybody's interested in going to law school, I um, I recommend it. It's Yeah, there's just a lot of... Th- this is why also we work so well together. There's a lot of legal things. And when you are building a business, it's like even, sure. you know, doing your name and like, mm-hmm. you know... Um, especially New York city, reading all the contracts and the rules of like employment. Like there's so many things that. So we have, but you two funded this yourselves from your other jobs or did you take on investors, friends and family? Friends and family as well. And grants. It's it's been, it's been a combination. It's 
it, well, there's no way we could have done this ourselves, um, especially once the pandemic hit, because yeah. we shut down, as Courtney mentioned, two weeks after we opened our brick and mortar in the Lower East Side. Yeah. So, um, For a lot of people who have an idea, asking others for money is a big emotional thing. How do you ask friends and family for money to start something that either hasn't started or is just starting and like, you know, because you probably went to like, right? Like a lot of people like, you know, help us out, like Mm -hmm. take this journey with us, like you be an investor. And, you know, for a lot of people like this is not (laughs) <laughs> I don't get this question all the time. This is not normal, right? right. Like, it, and people like have a block. I think a lot of times of like, how do I ask people? Please give me some money. To, you know, you'll be an investor in my business. Like, how do you? How did you? How did you handle that? I think it just boiled down to showing the concept and testing out the concept. So for us, before we go and asked friends and family, it was like, hey support this, we came back with data and we're like, hey, this works. So that's why we started in a food hall, something small. We didn't we're like, hey, let's go get a 4,000 square foot store. Mm-hmm. You know, So we started small. We're like, okay, we're going to test it in the food hall. If it works, great. If not, that's okay. It was a learning experience and then we can learn and grow but you from got the this. proof of concept exactly. for mm-hmm. a small amount of money. That you were able to self-fund the proof of concept stage. Right, yes. So then you have the data to say, look, guys, we got 200 or 2,000 mm-hmm. customers mm-hmm. over here, so we know that we can make it. Right. And you're, I mean, like, you know, as a lawyer and a PhD, I'd be like, wow, I mean, like, they seem like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> Right. They're clearly smart and have done a lot of work to get to this point in life. So, I mean, like, I feel like I would trust y'all with some of my, if I give them my money, it might probably come back. Right. (laughs) Yes. Leverage those personal relationships because if people know you, they know your work ethic, um, then they'll have some faith in you. It's like, it's, it, it, it just takes. I was gonna say it doesn't take just one person unless yeah, that one person like, is like, like independently wealthy. <laughs> but leverage what you have. It's like you have your reputation, you have your intelligence, you have your talent, you have your grit, you have like that special sauce that makes you you. And the people who are around you that already support you, they know about that special sauce. So like don't be scared to ask. I and I understand yeah. it's un- it's an un- it can be an uncomfortable conversation but you have to block out fear and just do it right see that's really important you You have to block out fear Mm -hmm. how do you do that i i think it honestly comes a little natural to me just because growing up with a single mother and like she did all she could to make sure that you know we were educated we had we were surrounded by the right people so she's like look, you know, you might not have access to certain things, but you just got to keep it moving. It's like block that out and do what you came here to do. So I think because that was instilled in us, that's why now I'm like, okay, you said no, but you're one person. So I'm going to go to the next person. So it's like people hear like all this, like, oh, I was rejected, rejected. And for us, 
I feel it's more of like it's just redirection. So we're just like, okay, we're rejected. That that's fine. Mm, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I mean, some people talk about you are giving these potential investors the opportunity to come on your journey. So it's not that them that they're rejecting you; is that they're saying, I, I, "I'm not ready to go there." Like, right. well. Mm-hmm. I'm going there regardless. Yes, yes. You have the opportunity to come with me. Exactly. Right. Or if it's not ready, you know, if it's not right for you to come on this ride, then that's, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. But you're not rejecting me. <laughs> yes. Because I'm still on my way to that. Yes. yes. No one person is going to get in the way of our success. So the no is just like, okay, next. Right. Um, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Resolve. No person is going to get in the way of our success. Mm-hmm. Is that resolve something that you've always had? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I would say absolutely. And even if there are times of doubt, we usually are like, no, you know, it's good. That wasn't for us. Like, that's not our path. We need to keep it moving. So we keep each other in check. So it's right. not, we're not saying like we never, ever doubt. It's just because I have that person saying like, that's okay, you know, and sometimes we look back at things. We're just like, that's why that happened. We weren't supposed to um, do business with that person because on this date, we were supposed to be here. So mm-hmm. those things happen and we know, and we just keep each other in check with that. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> but you have to have that sense of of certainty in yourself because there are a lot of no's along the way to making your small business successful and you have mm-hmm. to wade through those no's and remain focused yes. and positive and believing in yourself yes exactly steadfast for sure <laughs> right because if you if you don't, like if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be hard to get an investor or a friend to do it for you. I mean, it is, you have to constantly sell yourself. And it's hard to sell yourself when you're just like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work out, but you know, let's just, let's just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, I have a solid plan in place. Do I know that it's going to be executed exactly this way? Of course not, because it's a business. It's a small business. You're an entrepreneur. You're taking a risk. But I know myself. I know my work ethic. I know that I'm a planner. I know that I am flexible when it's necessary. I know how to pivot. So whatever is thrown at me, I'll be able to handle it. And and when you marry the resolve and the grit with data... Now you're truly powerful because you're like, I'm not just faith just to have faith, but like yes. I ha- I can show you like I have a reason to have faith in the path that I'm walking, right? Right. Yes. Information Absolutely. is power. It is so powerful. How did you acquire the data when you were doing the food hall? Mm-hmm. Like what technology did you have at that small stage that allowed you to keep the numbers and to be fully understanding of like, this is how much we're selling. This is who's coming. This is how we know that this is working. We actually started out with the self-checkout system and a POS system. Like we didn't, I know there's a lot of 
people starting out that, you know, it's manual. We started out with software because we were like, okay, we need to know our numbers. We need to know how much we sell. We need to know if this is going to do well because it was proof of concept for other people. So if we don't have that, it would have been harder to prove like, hey, we have this idea. Come support it. What is the self-checkout software that you... Toast. Uh-huh. Yes, we use Toast. It's been amazing in all and all in getting all this information that we need. And is it does, does it do you think that it's a nicer experience for the customer to just check themselves out rather than having to check in with a person? For us, um it's because of the way we set up our store and we want people to be involved in the experience. So the employees are multitasking at the same time. So what we have is we have it set up kind of like a bar area. So people are able to watch what they are, what they ordered being made. So at the same time, when someone comes in, you have the self checkout system here, you have a line of employees here. They, they welcome you right away. They're like, Hey, have you been here before? And they'll be like, we have a self-checkout system. Let me know if you need help. These are our top flavors. So they're engaging at the same time with this self-checkout system. But at the same time, it's keeping their hands free to continue creating what they do and to move the line along. So it's actually been great in terms of foot traffic and keeping keeping it going. Wow. Wow. So what is your advice for other people who are listening to this and saying like, I have an idea. How do they bring their idea to reality, their small business dream to reality? I I would say first step, research. There is so much information out there available. And because um, technology is at your fingertips. It's You can go on YouTube to look up a, a video on how to do something. You can find how maybe another business who's a competitor um, um, might be organizing. You could look at bigger businesses. You could look at corporations. You could look at like mom and pops. There's like, there's just, and people like to share. Um, so take advantage of that. So research, but don't let the, re- <laughs> don't let the research stop you Mm. from pursuing, you might not want to pursue that one idea based on what you find from that research, Mm -hmm. but don't let the research stop you from pursuing like entrepreneurship because Mm -hmm. sometimes you can be overwhelming. Yes. I mean, mean, the research, and I want to hear you answer that question too, but but, but, when you talk about research, I start to think about, you know, Kevin (laughs) O'Leary on Shark Tank, (laughs) who's always like, if your idea was good, then one of the giants would have already done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, well, then why should I try it? Because there's already these institutions that have money and people and they could already run. Right. So right. How, how do you avoid that paralysis? Because he surely, you, if you go in on Shark Tank, he surely would have been like, well, there's three big ice cream makers, and if this was a big deal, they would have. If this was viable, they would have already done it. So. Right. We've actually heard cool. that before at food trade shows. We've heard that they're just like, "Oh, we already have someone coming," and I said, "We're like, okay." If everybody followed Mr. O'Leary's advice, there would be eight there businesses in the United States, eight corporations, right. because right. nobody else could enter the market. Because look, like the big guys can just either they would have already done it, or when you start, they're just going to like 
you know, steamroll you. Right. Um, but again, it's that those big corporations or some of the big corporations, they started small. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. And it's because advice like like from someone like Mr. O'Leary just didn't get in the way. It's like there is something special we have here. There are things we are able to do that the big corporation cannot do. Like what? I think part of it is engagement. Like yeah. people mm-hmm. like connecting with brands um, in a certain way. And you, that connection is sometimes difficult when you're talking about like a, like a billion dollar company. Um, I think cause also they're so large. It takes them a while to roll something out. And mm-hmm. by that time, you've already built a following because they're still in the boardroom being like, okay, let's do this. So it does. I do think it takes some sometimes a while to roll certain things out. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that time, we're getting followers. We're getting that engagement. Um, we're opening up another retail shop. And I, as you mentioned previously, I think people want to know that the businesses that they support um, are in their, alignment with, with their, their values. values. So sure. if you're looking at like some big name company, you're thinking, okay, how many individuals that look like me are in that boardroom making decisions? Mm-hmm. Or when I look at that marketing, do I see like people like me in that marketing? And have we seen more diversity in ads? Like over the the last couple of years, yeah. I would yes. say so. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, what, like, what yeah. happened to get us there? Mm-hmm. Um, I also I, think if you're going to be David going up against Goliath, having a lawyer and a PhD in nutrition in the house mm-hmm. is a huge advantage, right? So if you Absolutely. if you can play into your expertise. Right, and find a way to make your expertise valuable in your uh, in your idea that can give you an advantage. Exactly, and people. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Well, what advice do you have, uh, Courtney? Oh, I would also say research. I was going to say exactly the same thing, and especially when starting a small business, and it might seem daunting, it might seem overwhelming. You need to take tiny steps and start with the basics. I think people like to jump and um, say it's like a food item and they're like, okay, I'm going to go to a pop-up. But before that, I probably would have done a website. I probably would have gotten my name for Instagram, TikTok. I would have built all the behind the scenes um, things that actually are the business before you start rolling out because say that pop-up was successful. Okay. How are people contacting you? technology you it because then you could have when you were there you could have been like here's my instagram handle here's my tiktok here's my facebook so i do think that sometimes people underestimate that there's a little groundwork that you need to do before you actually say hey i'm here So we see in this episode how Zan and Courtney make it clear there's a few things that have really helped them grow their business. Number one, it's all about collecting data and using that data to help target your customers. Number two, it's all about using social media that's created both by you and by your customers to create relationships. 
And three, they're big proponents of the self-checkout to help improve the customer experience by freeing their team members and letting them focus on building ice cream. Thanks so much to Zan and Courtney for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. Maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Ford. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington and Nick Karp. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. Let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro so you can do more and we can all go forward together. Let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro so you can do more and we can all go forward together. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick... Let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.